Hit record on both of those. Don't. Kim and I'm married to an addict alcoholic. Hi, Kim. My name is Chris and I am an addict alcoholic. Hi, Chris. Uh, we're in a weird mood because this is it. This is the final chapter of this recording podcast. Oh, oh, no. Last recording in our office in in this house. Yeah. On uh, this road. On this road. Ye old southeast. It'll be. New chapter. Literally. Yeah. It's because there's a new one every week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a new journey, I should say. Yeah. It, um. So I was trying to think of like, I mean, do you remember when we first moved in here? Uh, we didn't have a lot. We didn't even have a kitchen table. We had one couch and four kitchen chairs, no table. And I moved in kind of on my own because you had to work overnight. So you were sleeping at your parents' house when I was moving stuff in. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's kind of it. I feel like I injured myself like a week after we were here. Really? Because we had that, that we had a barbecue and we had people over. That's right. That's when Nate came over with the, the burgers. The and best burgers we were, I, were we at the hospital that day? Because they gave me like uh, morphine and. I can't remember. I think like Benadryl for some reason. Oh, yeah. They do do that. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, it's weird. We did a lot of work to, I mean, with, like with sobriety came like trying to make sure that there was structure in place because that's a really important thing in sobriety. So we put in a lot of work into this office in particular. Yeah. And made a, a space that actually feels comfortable to be in. Like when we would podcast before, it was kind of a pain in the ass. Because we did it on their kitchen table upstairs and we'd have to move things and kids being around. And Even when it was in the office here, we would have to move stuff around. Mm. And, and we finally figured out like a flow for how we wanted things to be. And um because like even when people come over, sometimes we'll sit in these chairs <laughs> and talk. I know. And so it was a weird. I mean, I, I've moved around so many times that I just it it doesn't feel like anything to me. I just want it to be over, I guess. But at the same time, like trying to, and maybe that's like um, a disassociative trait that i have when it comes to moving mm. is that because like i had to do it so often that i i just was like all right just yep you're gonna be someplace else so let's get to that place mm. whether it sucks or not like so i, I don't know but like <clears throat> i was trying to think of like what this house means and i mean the first thing was that like we had a, a child. Mm-hmm. A one-year-old. And it was because we had tried to do things on our own before and it just was such a nightmare. We were so young. And to be able to actually own a home, we're like, this this is our house. Because we, when we used to say go home, it was somebody else's home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to actually have a, pl- a place that was our, our own was, was huge. And we've yeah. lived here for 10, ten, ten years. 10 years. We paid a third of our mortgage off, and now we have to go in and start all over again. But that's the American. That's the it American is, way. I know. I know. You just move your debt around. Yeah. The other thing is like there's so much that I'm ready to leave behind. That's the thing. Like I was getting super sad at work yesterday, thinking about like the house, and like we brought Layla home here. This is her first home. Yeah. Landon doesn't remember living at Grandma and Grandpa's house, and like all the work we put in, like me and my dad doing all this trim and helping him with the windows, and like you doing the flooring, and Sean coming over and doing the trim, like just. Well, all... I mean, like we were finished. We did this whole basement. Mm-hmm. And just all the people being here and help, like how the excitement of flushing that toilet for the first time down here. Yeah, yeah. Just like 
all these night like all this excitement and i was like man i love this house there's nothing super special about it it's not like unique it's very cookie cutter yeah but it's like things in each of these rooms where it's like oh yeah i remember that i remember that and i was getting super sad but it's like i can't it's not like i can't take those things with me those things will still come with me those memories yeah and then it's the remembering the awful things that happened too yeah that have happened in this house mm-hmm. where it'll be nice to go somewhere new and have new awful things happen that's so funny <laughs> i was gonna make the exact same <laughs> joke but it's not gonna be perfect <clears throat> we're on a journey it's a story Well, i mean like okay so so people say um in recovery like uh wherever you go there you are mm. so like moving is not gonna fix your situation yeah it's not but for us, it's just a perfect storm of like things that like we're lucky that we're able to make this move. Like it's we're very fortunate. Yeah. Um, so it's not that we're <clears throat> trying to escape something. We, no. we get to leave it behind. Yeah. We get to. It's not and it's that, not a it's not a thing that we're doing to try and change our lives. Like this is just we're lucky that we get to do this thing. That and like like the other memories that are still going to come with us. Those things still happened. Yeah, and absolutely. It, you know, with packing and everything, I found a shooter in the garage. Really? I did. Like a full one? No, it was empty. Oh, okay. An empty Smirnoff one. Yeah. Do you do you remember that one? I there were so many. Yeah. So I'm. So, it's just, just a common one that I would get a lot. So I was just like, is it a raspberry one? <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that one a lot. So I found that and I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, I'm glad. Yeah. And yeah. If you go on and. I'm sure as we move, there will be a couple more random ones. I don't think so. I've gotten through all the rooms where most of that stuff was hidden. So. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if, I, if I saw yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but that that type of thing like there's just i don't know it be it feels nice that because we're in a different place mentally and like we're like um avidly trying to become better people mm-hmm. the fact that we get to go into a new home while we're doing that yeah. feels really nice that like does. it's yeah. it's a really cool thing to be able to have that along with um the the progress that we're trying to make as as uh, a couple as as yeah. parents as a lot of the beings. memories too we have in this neighborhood's a lot of binge drinking with neighbors and a lot of like when we became sober things like changed around here you know with us and people and it'll be nice to just have new people around us who don't know the Kim who got drunk in a hot tub and ran across the neighborhood without any clothes on yeah. Like just those stupid things and just things that happen. Like they were new people. They're new people. That'll be kind of nice. And then it's sad because the comfort of knowing who everyone is around you. Like we don't hang out with all these people, but the comfort of knowing who all the people are and what they drive and coming into a new neighborhood where I got to, you know, like be, you know, monitor the kids close again for a while. And I mean, for always, obviously, but yeah. Um, but I got to keep tr- remembering the good things. Like this is a new start, yeah. new chapter, not a new story, but a new start, new chapter, you I know, mean, maybe a new story. I'd- maybe. Yeah. And I think it'll be good for the kids and, you know, it's just crazy thinking that it's this week. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we'll leave behind some memories here of, good and bad things and things good bad things will happen in the next place but hopefully our journey of sobriety your journey my supportive journey over here yeah where am i at i don't know tomorrow today tomorrow is 10 months yeah you're right tomorrow is 10 months yeah and then i'll be 11 months on the 17th i'm at 273 days it's crazy yeah, it, well, <clears throat> almost a year. It'll be a year. <clears throat> yeah, um, ten yeah. months, right? Yeah, ten months. 
No, no, no. Nine months. Yeah, nine months. Nine months. I'll be 10 months. Yeah, nine months. Well, it says eight months and 30 days. Yeah, so nine months. Yeah, nine months. So almost a weird way. A baby. Almost a baby. You could have given birth. Yeah, nine months of. uh, Which is great. I'm a part of that Facebook group and I constantly see people like I'm this many days in, I'm this many, and it's you're at nine months. Like that's just bananas to me. Yeah. It's it's wild, like, um, listening to, I mean, it, it still surprises me. Like, we had Justin on. Uh, you were you were working, and I was trying to get as many episodes as I could in because when we move into the, the new place. Getting internet and all that is going to be. <coughs> yeah, and, th- well, that and I'm not going to have as much time to edit right away because we're going to be unpacking shit and. Yeah, and trying to figure out the layout of the office. Mm-hmm. We might paint before, and I really want to set that that stuff up again. I just really like that. Yeah, I also like it. But so figuring out that and getting things good and ready, and just very excited. The thing that she was pointing to was we have wallpaper this, that was yeah. like bamboo style. Yeah, and uh, gave color because now it's looking at the camera it's so gray and yeah studio yeah. gray studio gray <laughs> which it'll probably be i don't know we'll see what color you want when we go in there i'm a little more now that because before it was like oh. you get a wall i get a wall i'll build a wall you get a wall no we're yeah. just gonna have the same color all throughout the room no. or else it's weird that's what i want we should do like a black but you'd always blend in with the background because you constantly wear all black right so that is true. Uh, but I saw someone's office who has the same color trim that we do that in the other house. And they did like a dark, dark color. It looks so cool. Anyways, anyway, this is a lot of stuff that no people, one cares about. Yeah. You're going to cut out. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say was um, it's interesting, uh, like still finding out that there are people who have dealt with addiction in their lives that you would have no idea. So we had Justin on. While I was getting all those episodes ready. <coughs> and uh, to find out that, that uh, you know, he has been through so much. Like, maybe the most out of any of... Uh, not the most, but still on par with uh, some of the people that have called in, like, that have dealt with addiction in their in their families. Like... He was moved around a lot. He his father passed away uh, due to ALS, and <clears throat> yeah. So just watching his his father deteriorate. And, I mean, oh gosh. And uh, yeah, he his one of his family members was away. I don't. I, the only reason I'm saying family member because I don't know if he's gonna be okay with me releasing. I would love to release just this kind of it'll feel really un like like more raw than the usual format that we have here. Uh, but you can hear my tone change and go into the not so anonymous mode hmm. and the way that I'm asking questions. So like it'll it'll still feel like that, but it'll still like it's c- because we were recording a normal episode Kinda unplugged a little bit. Yeah, unplugged. So like it just popped up this stuff that he'd been through and because he's such a happy human being yeah it was t- i it blew me away i couldn't believe the yeah. stuff that he'd been through and and that he's still as sweet as he is and such a wonderful human being but like i mean so when it comes to addiction i mean we've talked about it before um n- trying not to make like we say how we know we're we're not going to judge people for drinking and, and stuff like that. But having the mindset that like if you ask somebody if they want to drink and they say no, trying not to make them feel weird or awkward about what your next response is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like don't even, oh, you, you don't drink anymore? Don't even go that route. Just go, all right, cool. What else do you want? Like because it could be anybody. Yeah. And even if that person just doesn't feel like drinking that night, like <clears throat> the whole concept of you're going to be more fun if you drink, you're going to be feel more included if you drink, just drink along with us. Like that whole mantra needs to change. And it I, does need to change. Yeah. I think that uh, people should 
just it's it's so simple it's far less awkward than it needs to be like it can be far less awkward than it appears to be that's what i meant to say we haven't talked about that in a while so i was just thinking about that like because we're moving into a new neighborhood where that is going to come up i would imagine if we if we meet new people i don't even know if there's going to be people like around our age like yeah i don't really know those types of houses like we're we're leveling up like we <laughs> you know what i mean like moving on up. we're lucky that we're we're able to to i mean i guess we're almost 35 so wow why would you throw that out there because i was thinking that we were like so young but we're not really <laughs> not anymore no and they probably bought that house when they were 35 ish so yeah yeah. It just things worked out. The con, not even the economy, the housing market, the way it yeah. is, it just panned out to. But anyways, but anyways yes. The, the there's gonna be, we're gonna have those conversations with people where like somebody offers a beer, or wine, or whatever the fuck, and we're just gonna have that first step of like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And eventually, it, it, it obviously it all depends on the relationships that we build with the people in that neighborhood, but like the potential for having to tell somebody that I'm in recovery yeah. is there. Yeah. And I don't know where you're going to be at later on if if you're just like, yeah, maybe once a year. No, I love this. You know, it sounds so sober. weird, but I love it. I don't know. I feel like I'm like... Gosh, that sounds so stupid. I'm gonna try and not make it sound pull it, stupid. Pull it down just a little bit. No, why you want me to see my face? Well, I've just noticed that there's a weird barely sound when oh. it's not right on top of it. I feel like I'm like myself. Yeah. Like who I should have always kind of felt. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, so that's what I mean is like so if if you're if you're maintaining this and so what's your conversation with those people? Because everybody so far already knew, knows oh, the situation. Um, I just don't like to drink. And that and that's the thing yeah. is like I, I don't know that's that we've what, ever what even I'll say about is it. I just I just don't like to drink. <clears throat> but that's okay if you guys I'm I'm okay with other people drinking around me. I'll just be I just don't and it's true I really I've gotten to I mean even towards the end of my drinking I just didn't really like drinking anymore. Yeah. I did it to fit in and or be a part of what was going on. I just, yeah, I didn't like the way I felt the next day. I didn't wait like, like those, those, the anxieties and all that. I just yeah. didn't like it anymore. And I'm already such an anxious person. You put that on there and it's just like, why do I want to add to the anxiety I already have? Yeah. I don't know. I like the clear mind. It makes me, and I'm, I'm less anxious about the kids and what they're seeing and what the, and the older they get, they understand, like Layla can yeah. recall things way more now. And Landon, and it's just like, like, I don't want them to be like, and I don't, I didn't have friends that told drunken, silly stories of their parents, but I just didn't want my kids to be like, oh my gosh, my mom was so drunk. She was talking to the TV. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny to them, but I don't know. I get what you mean. Yeah. um, This is a, a, like a weird, um, um, memory, but, uh, remember that movie Mordecai? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp there's a a lady in there and it's supposed to be like um, she's supposed to be like this intense almost villain uh, but he offers Johnny Depp offers this lady a drink and she's like I don't I don't do that he's like what why and she says I don't take anything that dulls my senses Oh, and like I've been thinking about that lately is like you really do experience everything for what it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a sober individual. It, yeah. Cause you think about it, like how many times has somebody uh, the next day been like, I don't remember that at all. I know. So like you, you're, you are, you're dulling these, these aspects of, of yourself. Um, and not that that like makes anyone better or worse. Or no, anything like no, that. No, it's no. just like an observation of this weird quote from a movie that, has been kind of going through my my brain lately is to like that's such an interesting concept i i don't take anything that dulls my senses mm-hmm. 
Because that, that that was her whole thing. She was like, I experience everything for what it is. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it'll be nice to, because we haven't vacationed without drinking. Right. I mean, every vacation I've been on or trip I've been on with you, we've drank. Like Vegas, we drank, obviously. We were 21. Um, when we went to New York, well, New Jersey, the wedding, um, Florida, yeah. the Bahamas. You know, every trip we've done to California, it'll be, it'll be, well, obviously when COVID's under control, I don't think it's ever going to go. It's not going to go away. It's like the, probably going to be like the flu, but when it's under control and traveling's not as scary to me, then it'll be interesting to see what that feels like. Yeah. Because I feel like the last few trips you had your mindset of when am I going to get to it kind of a thing. So I wonder sure. what your brain's going to be like if you're going to be more like, oh, let's yeah, let's let's do this and that and this and you know yeah, it'll be maybe it won't be like that. I don't know. Yeah, depends I, on where we go. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want to I want to get to a, a a place where like, um, I'm able to take care of all of the podcasting stuff because that's like my brain is half in podcasting and half in everything else Mm. like i'm a zombie when i'm at work but uh when i'm at home like it's yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. there's just so much podcasting stuff to be done and it's it's really not like so this is an interesting thing about like the whole like podcast experience right we're we're doing journal entries like this is stuff that like when Landon and Layla are like I wonder what was I I kind of don't really remember what dad was like when he was drinking they can look back on this stuff and listen and, and yeah. like really learn what we were going through and uh like how much it took to get to where we're at now you know what I mean like yeah. there's actually some stuff that for for our kids like they'll be able to look back on yeah and i want one thing i've been wondering too is like when they get to that age where their friends start drinking or they go to their friend's house and there's drinking i wonder how our conversations are going to be like are they going to be afraid to say anything to us because we don't drink Mm. or like how much of like your recovery does land and actually understand. Like I almost asked him the other day because one of he was in a Google meet and some kid was talking really gibberish and silly and Landon's like, doesn't he sound drunk? And I go, yeah. And I go, did you notice that mom and dad don't have like beer and stuff in the house anymore? He goes, yeah. And I almost wanted to be like, do you want to, do you understand why? But I'm like, nah, I don't want to have that deep of a conversation with him today. Well, he and I had that conversation um, one of the times when you guys visited me when I was in treatment, um, when I I took him on a walk, just he and I, and uh, I just told him that, like, because dad drank so much, I tricked my brain into thinking I need it to live. And so dad is here learning how to be a normal dad again. Because right now, my brain thinks that I have to have this thing to survive. And I don't need that thing to survive. So, like, he gets that. Yeah. That I wonder aspect. if they'll remember you being gone for so long. Like, I almost forget how long you were gone. Yeah. Well, Layla, it, it, that'll be interesting because there, uh, there's probably going to be, like, one or two memories that she has. Yeah. Because um, you think about being six or seven. Or seven. She was seven. Yeah. Being seven. Because what is that's second grade? Yeah not that much yeah yeah you know eventually it'll be yeah so it'll be interesting for for landon to be the one that like should be like what was what was it like yeah and landon will be able to say you know kind of the stuff that that he saw we all slept in the same bed while we and we visited dad twice a week yeah 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 that'll be interesting I hope that we can continue to do this type of thing. Um, Like, I hope it doesn't like fade out. I guess like music is still going on and and radio, you know, basically turned into this. Yeah. I think we'll, I mean, there's always something we'll be able to talk about regarding recovery. And I mean, your, your journey is going to go forever. Yeah. So we're coming up on in January. We'll be, Episode 100 of Duck Duck Grey Duke. Oh, who's going to be our 100th episode? 
I wanted to do like a live thing, but you know, COVID's so bad, getting so much worse. Yeah. If something changes drastically, then then maybe. But yeah, Adrian and Annie got in like right before the massive spike with their their live show that they did. I've been I was talking to her, Adrian a bunch, but then we just looked yesterday, and it went from. I I forget if it's like a, if it's saying uh, a day or like this is how many cases this they week. They do or, cases per day. So it went from like 3,000 or uh, like 1,300 to like 5,000 yeah. within 5, like 000. a week. Yeah, 5,000 is the high. Yesterday was the highest single day of positive COVID cases so yeah. far. So like to know that that's happening. Yeah. If that drops off somehow. I'm, I'm worried like, and I understand if things start getting shut down again, but I worry about my, like worry about people who are in recovery and what that, their treatments are going to look like again. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, man, that, that's interesting. I mean, uh, Becky, that, that, that lady that I went to school with, um, I was in line. At, I don't think I told you this. I, so I went to Target and because I bought like a bunch of salads so that I wouldn't have to keep going. Mm. And I was in line and she she from like four aisles down was like, hey, Chris. <laughs> but she does it in a way. She, it's, she's so funny. Like she does it in a way that like we're switching shifts. Like oh. she's on first shift and I'm on second shift. Yeah. Like passing ships in the night. Uh, But she came up and just immediately was like, yeah, I, I relapsed. I don't know if you saw that. And I was like, yeah, do you have my number? She's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, all right, jot it down. Or, you know, so I made sure that she had my number because I don't, I don't go out and actively do acts of service. Um, it's just fucking so hard. What are you laughing at? Nothing. After the podcast. Debra. Sorry. How dare you? <laughs> I don't. So yeah, that's so like that's a part of the the yeah the twelve steps. Is yeah. You're supposed to go out and like do uh, do service work. Um, um, it's so hard with COVID. There's not a lot going. Exactly, yeah. but that was one thing that I could be like, I know you, I know enough about your situation. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with giving you my number. There's other people that have my number and like don't reach out, or they reach out and. They ask for help, but then they don't really want your help and don't really, yeah. I get it. It's 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 hard to get you to were that in spot. It. You were in it. You didn't want anyone's help. You didn't want to admit you had a problem, and you yeah. would talk. You would. You were that person that called Alex. Yep. Now you're the Alex. Right. Yeah. But I'm more than that. I know. No, I know. And I don't mean that in the sense that like I'm a better person than Alex. No, but you've gone through treatment. You understand the problem. I basically went to school for it. Yeah. Like it was what I did every day for 26 days. Yeah. Every morning, every evening, like just it was that was it. All day long. Yeah. So and I continue to learn about this stuff so that I can I can help people. It surprises me the amount of. Uh, people who are on the fence, like they're not sure if they have a problem or not. Mm. And those people I get like, because their life hasn't become unmanageable, but they're nervous that it like they've, mm. the, the, the usage line. has gone up so much that they're like, they don't know if they tried to stop what would happen. Oh, so they like, they're like, I've dialed back a little bit, but like, I don't I'm, know if I can I, function yeah, I don't without know. it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Like I'm still doing everything. Everything's fine, but like you're just so close to the edge that you don't know what it looks like if you if you you know continue mm-hmm. down that road. Um. So there's people who like just don't know where where they're at, <clears throat> and um. Oh, so the the amount of people that don't know the psychology and biological aspect of it yeah you don't learn about that in school yeah well so like you just learn that drugs are bad don't do drugs but why don't we talk about and then there's just not enough education on chemical dependency like right 
Like people joke about, oh, are you tweaking? But they saw how physically uncomfortable that can be for somebody. And then the medical ramifications that can occur, like you can go into something called rhabdo, where your body just can't stop moving and all these things can happen. It's not good. It's not good for physically good for your body. Yeah. Pull that thing down again. And I know people joke about that, but if they did education in schools properly, they would learn like, oh, maybe I shouldn't try that or try certain substances well i mean but the movies look make it look so cool have you seen blow with johnny depp have you seen this well i mean there's so many factors like i know all different walks of life that are there was a a a multi-millionaire that was a cocaine addict and and alcoholic like somebody who appears to have it all yeah can can lose their mind like, mm-hmm. and then there's the people who their situation is just so bad that they need something to take them out of mm-hmm. how bad their situation is. So like you can have everything and have nothing. And you I know both it doesn't the same place. discriminate mental health does not discriminate 100%. Chem- chem- chemical dependency does not discriminate. <clears throat> so I, I've, I've said it a bunch of times on here, but have you? Yeah. Okay. Um, the uh but it's very basic and again like it sounds complex but i try to do it in basic terms so just imagine that your brain has a three-step program you have your instincts which is um oh god what's the term um so to be like a nerd there's a a, a passive power which is so like Wolverine has like a passive power where like his body heals itself without him even thinking about it. That's a so there's the you could think about it like that. Like your passive instincts are like I need to breathe, I need to drink water, I need to have some type of food, right? Mm-hmm. So your body just naturally tries to activate and make your um, anatomy react. So that you know that you need food now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, people don't think about that. But like when you say I'm hungry, that's because your your body's going, we're low on fuel. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk to step two. So that so the instinct is the you you don't you don't actively th- like try to make yourself hungry. Typically, no. you just realize it. You at some point go, oh, I'm hungry now. Mm-hmm. So that's the the background stuff. So that's step one. It's the your instincts. Step two is the um, uh, contemplation. So you're thinking of how now now what we 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 know that we're hungry. What can we do about that? Where where could I go eat? Where could I go? What could I make in the fridge? What da 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 da. And then step three is the action. So you go, okay, I've decided that I want Arby's. I'm going to get in my car and go get Arby's. When you are in active addiction, when you've abused substance so much that you are now an addict, your your brain thinks that the substance is needed for survival. So it skips step two because it doesn't want to have to think about it. It's so extreme, the feeling, like you think about the feeling that you get when you've finally eaten and you're like, oh, I'm not hangry anymore. Mm-hmm. Like if anybody's ever been grumpy because they're hungry. Yeah. The addict goes through that like times a million. We will do anything to like if we're. You would, you'll, you'll, you'll drive your car 80 miles per hour to the Arby's. Yes, Exactly. Instead of the 60. Not, I'm not stopping at traffic lights. I'm not using my signal. Yeah. I might, I might run on E. I, I might need... jump out of my car and roll out, break a bunch of bones, and then crawl into that Arby's just to get one roast beef sandwich. Beef and cheddar. Whatever. Yeah. Like that's how fucking dire it becomes when you're in heavy addiction. Um, so your your brain goes, the, the whole thinking about it thing is fucking taking up time. We need to get, we just, 
we know that we need the substance because it boosts our dopamine levels, our happy juice up so much that we, we just need to fucking get it. So it skips step two. So you're when you're in addiction, step one goes, fuck step two, we're going straight to step three. Mm-hmm. So your body goes, we need the thing, go straight to action. Go get the thing. And that's, that. like, knowing that, there's so many people that don't know that. Yeah. And it's such a huge, like, you can see the light bulb go on. When I tell people for the first time that that basic thing, it's like, oh, when I, so, like, I'll do that three-step thing and I'll go, have you ever thought, man, like, I was reaching for a drink before I even realized that I, like, I didn't even think that I wanted to drink. But I was going through the cupboard and getting booze and not even really thinking about it. Yeah. If that happens to you, like, that's that's probably addiction. Mm-hmm. And that applies to anything. Yeah, I was just thinking about that entire time you were talking about that. It's like me getting that candy bar I really want. Yeah. And this is day two, no candy bars, no sweets. Again, retraining my body, not... But it's like the... I'm at work and it's like, I know there's one in the cafeteria. And like when I'm in the cafeteria, I'm looking at them and I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't really even want this. Why am I touching it? Why am I looking at it? I said I wasn't going to do this today. I mean, it's definitely not as severe, but it's just like, I now have to retrain my brain all over again. You don't need sweets. You don't need them. Yeah. You don't need them. And it's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, I... Uh... So I can't even imagine like a chemical that you can literally become dependent on i'm not dependent on sweets but your body like me quitting sweets isn't going to cause me to have seizures or hallucinations or mess my heart rate up or mess my blood pressure it's not going to cause me to become dehydrated or mess up all my electrolytes in my body that can cause heart problems you know i mean if you have enough sweets it can cause problems but not nearly like alcohol yeah so I can't imagine how the brain can be wired for that. So that's when like these days where I'm like, oh my gosh, the sweets thing. It's like, I cannot even put my like. That's actually a really good comparison though. Because a lot of people will say, I think my blood sugar's low. Even though they're not diabetic. Yeah. <clears throat> if you've ever said, I think my blood sugar's low. I'm feeling a little like woozy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like. Again, that's an addict times times, 100 times 100. That's like the withdrawal, how uncomfortable you feel in that moment when you think your blood sugar is low. That's like it's a fever pitch. When we we get to that point, we've been without substance for way too fucking long and shit's going to get bad. It is. It is. And so scary. Like alcohol withdrawals are so scary. And I like even being in nursing school and being a nurse, I didn't realize that until my family member went through what they did. And when the doctor's like, these are the only withdrawals that can kill you. And it's like, that guy's a liar. Alcohol, alcohol withdrawals really will kill you when you learn all about it. It is so scary. Yeah. Like the amount of people that get hospitalized for alcohol withdrawals because of like seizures, hallucin, delirium, delirium, your brain just, it gets, cause it feels like it needs that alcohol. And like with opiates and all that, you feel like you want to die, but it's not going to kill you. you. You get terribly sick. I'm like, you can have medical problems because of it. Like, you know, you're thrown up and yeah, have yeah. diarrhea. Like you can get dehydrated and have issues because of that. But alcohol, the stuff alcohol can do for you, like do to you while you're withdrawing. It's just, it's terrifying. Yeah. And they don't talk about that either. Do, right. Like. Is there a warning on the side of your bottles saying, hey, if you drink too much, you may withdraw and this is what can happen to you? Yeah. You know, it's weird. Like the approach when it comes to. But everyone knows that when people come off opiates, like you feel like shit. Everyone can say that. Yeah. But no one talks about the alcohol stuff. Well, I was going to say like when it comes to preventative measures, like every school has a, a, a lesson plan where. All right certain times throughout the year we're going to remind the kids about addiction i don't might only be once a year yeah they have, dare we went fishing i can't <clears> tell you anything it just says don't do drugs well and like with our school there would be a speaker mm-hmm. that would come into the auditorium and, and tell tell the horror stories 
of what could happen if you do too much, mm. which is the wrong approach. You should bring it back to the basic stuff, which is you um, when because uh, it can be so much more basic than that. Like the like the the case that I think of is this this guy that was like uh, um had used meth so much and and like didn't think that he'd be able to be recovered so he he shot himself in the face um and it blew half of his face off but he survived oh my gosh so massive memory issues and i'm sure things like that um but i mean you don't need to go to that to to make you it, could be a functioning husband with a full time job and children and have a house and all that. I think they do the scared straight to like prison, 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 prison. Yeah, you could exactly. still have a problem and not go to jail. Like, but like bringing it to the health class. Yeah. And instead of going, look at look at what happened to David Smith. Like going, oh, like the scared straight kind of tactic where it's like yeah. the worst of the worst of the worst. If they started going, this is what happens slowly. This yeah. is this is the slow burn. And yeah. like this is what literally happens as you introduce it. And more. then the, the, even people who aren't addicts, like people who just drank enough to cause damage. Mm-hmm. Like there's Memory. like basic not terrifying ways like it, rather than going from one bottle could equal 5 years of heroin. Like doing the slow version that shows kids like even if you're not an addict the the more you introduce the stuff it's just like with smoking like yeah sure there are plenty of people that smoke until the day they die and never They're get smoking cancer. on their oxygen tanks smoking on their oxygen tanks yeah <laughs> pointing at that person and going you don't know all of the aches and pains that they have that actually are directly correlated mm-hmm. to the fact that they smoke mm-hmm like there's things like that that like, yeah, we look at the same person. Like you look at a, a guy who's been drinking his whole life. That's my dad's age. That's 60. And you look at my dad. It's completely different. Yeah. Like his pain is way more manageable. Oh, for sure. He's healthy. He can exercise. He's very, very act- like when I say he's very active, I'm not like he's running. He's doing this. I mean, like he can physically be active with his grandkids all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's minor things that like it just improves your way of living yeah. throughout life in general. Yeah. Quality I, of life is way better. Yes, quality of life. I would not be in as much physical pain as I am in today if I didn't drink because I chose to uh start fucking around on my 30th birthday when my friends were doing MMA stuff. And undoubtedly hurt myself, hurt myself, and then came down here and was moving furniture. And I, I'm positive that that was like the catalyst as to like the last thing, the, the last thing that my back could handle. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I hadn't been drinking, I wouldn't have gone through with those things. Yeah. So there's little, little things. That just make the rest of your life suck. Like these minor things. Like you, if I'm standing in line at Subway with you, you have no idea that I have massive back pain. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the minor stuff. And it's like to going back to like if you have any bladder or kidney issues when you're drinking, you're dehydrating yourself and those can cause more problems. Smoking affects your circulation. You're going to have circulation issues. Yeah. You, so. you you don't re- recover as quickly? Yes. That's absolutely true. Like you get wounds and all that. My dad's a freak of nature. I don't understand him. He can <laughs> But he, he's in pain all the time. He's constantly in pain. Yeah. Forever and always. He like he muscles through it, but he's constantly in pain. Yeah. Yep. Walk, walks up and down the stairs and says ow the entire, entire way. time. Yep, you know he's having hip issues. Yeah. So there's there's things that just And he doesn't drink. They're minor things. There's these tiny things that later on in life. So that's that's the approach that people should have. It's like, yeah, look, cool. You can do all this when you're 19 and 20, 21. But eventually when you're 34, you're going to have all these pain issues. 
Yeah. yeah. Think of all the times you drank while snowboarding. Who knows if you tweak something weird when you, cause you don't, you feel like looser. It was all rollerblading. Oh, wow. Like when I would tweak something, it was mm-hmm. because I would, yeah, like most of the drinking would happen when I was yeah. skating. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hitting the, hitting the concrete and, uh, just powering through it. And, yeah. I mean, there's so many examples, but <clears throat> the bottom line is like, don't, don't think of the extreme stuff because it's so easy to say, I'm not like that. I know. That's that's the connection that people are missing is like, you know who you are like? Your dad who's been drinking your whole your whole life and he looks fine. And then when he gets older, he can't, you know, move his hand properly. I, that was one thing I learned about alcoholism is um, or prolonged alcohol use. So people who don't want to admit that they're alcoholics, but they drink their entire fucking life. Um, there's um, something that can happen to your hand. It's it's basically like a really intense arthritis and you have to have surgery on your hand uh, to be able to change it. It has something to do with your liver. Okay, I'm trying to figure... There's this one... You know what I'm talking about? There's this deficiency with... Okay, thiamine. So they you in I know in the hospital when you're on like alcohol withdrawal protocol, which you probably were on alcohol withdrawal protocol, they give you a lot of supplements, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was seeing thiamine. And a lot of times when someone comes into them like in the emergency room, I feel like that's one of the so I was trying to see what um symptoms you can have from a deficiency in it. Um difficulty walking, muscle atrophy, parallel paralysis <laughs> paralysis paralysis of lower limbs nausea mental disorientation numbness of limbs yeah yeah so so Com- yeah complications psychosis due to nerve damage paralysis due to nerve de- degradation difficulty walking due to muscle atrophy and heart failure if the patient lacks early treatment yeah. But yeah, so there's this So alcohol prevents absorption of thiamine from the intestines. Ah. Alcoholics also suffer from low levels of magnesium. Yeah, that's another one too. So you f- mess up all these critical electrolytes, like you're messing up your potassium level. Well, you, if your potassium level's off, um, it affects your heart. Yeah. Uh, so it, I, that's what I was looking up. I just wanted, I was, when you were thinking of all that. Yeah. I know we're not supposed to plug other podcasts, but um, if you, if you get a chance, uh, Brent, Brent Morin, uh, there's this podcast called The Lion's Den. It's not like amazing, but they have an episode with Nick Swartzen hmm. and Nick Swartzen almost died. He still didn't call himself an alcoholic because he could take breaks. I could go six months without drinking. I just love drinking. Mm. It's like, okay. He's still dude. in denial. Yeah, <laughs> darn it. Um, and he thinks that he's... That's, anyway, that's, that's, that's beside the point. Yeah. Beside the point. So listen to that episode and listen to Nick Swartzen's story. Um, and Brent Morin uh, talks about his dad, uh, about how he couldn't golf. And his son, who's a surgeon, noticed one day him trying to grab like a coffee mug or something and his yeah his fingers were like mm. stuck and he was like dad how how long has that been going on he's like oh, it's a long time like so that's why like this guy wouldn't golf anymore it was he just had such problems with his with his hand because of drinking and yeah so his mm. son was like that's because you drank so much for so long for so long that you you know debilitated your hand i wish i could remember what it was called Gosh, but yeah. um but yeah he uh so he had to have surgery on his hand oh. um which w- it ended up great like yeah, yeah, yeah but still but still like you won't have to have surgery because <laughs> of like that's uh uh the guy didn't do anything outlandish he wasn't a bad husband he didn't drink and drive like he was a good father. Mm-hmm. He just drank all the time. Yeah. And eventually that just catches up with you in these minor ways. Like, again, if you were standing in line with that guy, you'd have no idea that he couldn't grip something properly with his hand. You would never know. Never know. So yeah. it's these minor things that just make life more difficult and less enjoyable. You're Memory not... loss, I feel like, is a big one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, God, what does it activate? I just heard this. Um, oh man. There uh, goes your memory. Cause it was, it has to do with, um, uh, it, so, um, substance abuse, uh, greatly disrupts your sleep patterns. Sir, your circadian rhythm. Is that? Uh, yes. Yeah. And so it prevents you from going into deep sleep. So your body is never truly like resting. Oh, I know. And then I hear people say, I need it to, I need it to sleep. And it's actually doing the reverse effect. It's actually yep. making it so you can't sleep. Yeah. Well, you're just never I need my truly. my nightcap. Yeah. Yeah. You're just never truly in like a state of rest. Yeah. And, the, um, God damn it. This is going to drive me nuts. But the lack of sleep deprives your body of this one thing that they think, um, contributes to uh developing memories uh early onset dementia oh oh i believe i believe it so kind of yeah it's gonna drive me crazy plus another thing like when you drink as long as you do some people get really old looking when they well yeah you're depriving your body of those nutrients and it it, yeah it just ages you yeah and that and but that 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 goes not even not taking care of your body yeah, in general. So, that, <clears throat> but um, it's just one more thing that you have to yeah. have to look out for. So, PSA of this podcast is: it's not gonna. Don't always go to the end of the extreme, extreme like the guy blowing half his face off. Yeah, like it can be a slow thing. And it's then, so easy to disassociate yourself from that thing. Yeah, like ugh, why even listen? Because there's no way I would ever. Yeah. do meth to start and would never become an addict like mm-hmm. it's just, i would ne- there's no way it could ever end up like that guy you don't have to end up like that guy but you could get there you you it, it, you might not get that far but it can still affect your life and affect you physically and mm-hmm. mentally yeah it's the it's the long game not not a lot of people think about long term i wish so bad and i know people hear this ad nauseum like all the fucking time but I wish that I would have thought just a little bit, just a little bit about preventative care that I could have done so that I am not the same as like a 70 year old man yeah. in, in, in aspects of I mean, we have to fucking move. There's all kinds of shit that I'm not going to be able to even touch. And that is so frustrating because you look at me and it looks like I should be able to carry every single heavy thing that everybody else can. But I've, I can't because it'll fucking drop me for a month. And that sucks. Yeah. It's it 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 makes you feel ashamed like immediately. The second that somebody able-bodied comes in and can pick up the thing that I'm too scared to even touch, you just feel ashamed cuz they knew what you were like before or they don't know you at all so they don't understand like my I hate to call it a plight but like my situation yeah so it's it just sucks it's it's a it's a there it just equates to so many things shame sucks feeling embarrassed sucks that's what I should say nobody likes to feel embarrassed and you could save yourself from embarrassment um in in the long run by avoiding certain things or just dialing it back. I get that there are people that can drink and they be fine. Be yeah. fine. Like they don't feel like they need it and they only do it once a month or like special occasions, yada yada. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the people who like You think you might have a problem. Week or not even like a weekend warrior. Yeah, that I know. I only drink on the weekends. Yeah. That that was me. Yeah. Well, this is yeah this is it as soon as this these cameras go off emotional i'm gonna start tearing down this office and it's never this show is not gonna look the same stop (laughs) it man you're gonna make me cry i know it's a it's weird because i kind of don't want it to end in certain regards Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and because it it is comforting to know that this has been here yeah, yeah. And it's been your it's been your comfort zone. 
Yeah, it's it's my it's literally my office. escape. Like yeah. when I come in here, no matter what how bad of a day I had at the office, like I enjoy this a lot. Yeah, and um, we'll just have to make it as comforting in the next place. Yeah, it's carpeted in there, right? It is carpeted, so it'll be less echoey. Less echoey. We're still gonna put the rug in there, though. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. More. It's more space, but. The least the closet shut, so then there's not that echo from the closet. And oh yeah, yeah. But it'll it's gonna it'll look great too. It'll be great. <laughs> You're great. This is great. It'll yeah. be great. It's gonna yeah. It's it's gonna be a transition. It'll be weird. Um, I can't wait to have a new like safe zone. Yeah, because the safe zone was a hidden zone too. This is where you would hide and drink too right yeah 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 so, there's all kinds of yeah, yeah weird old memories in here but the other safe zone will be safe and new and improved and we'll make it our own again yeah and it'll be our forever escape yes not escape escape expresco expresco <laughs> we'll have more decor i think too so it'll be yeah. it'll be cool. We won't have a ledge like this. We had a bunch of plans, but like we obviously had to put them on hold because we were yeah. We're, now we're 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 out of here. Um. So yeah, there'll be new things. Um. Subscribe, share these episodes, please. It 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 helps a lot. Um. And as always, BetterHelp.com/ddgd. Uh, support the podcast by supporting your mental health. Yeah, it's the episode sponsored by betterhelp.com and if you yeah slash do i sound weird right now? that's what i just said i know you didn't say sponsor by though yeah i did i said brought to you by oh yeah (laughs) take care of yourself uh therapists are great everyone needs one therapists need therapists it's just nice to have someone to talk to yeah i i probably refer i've every patient i think i come in contact with i refer to therapy and people are struggling so hard right now Mm -hmm. covid's getting worse again the elections really threw people through another loop you know that's another thing anyway half half of the country right now lost like we were so divided this vote was so fucking close so close so divided though yeah so half of the country is fucking bummed out right now i i hate that like when I kept posting on Facebook, like uh, trying to be, like if if we're just going to keep shitting on Trump supporters, then nothing's going to get better. Yeah, I get that they were being assholes and they were saying a bunch of dumb, ignorant shit. But that doesn't mean that you just keep doing the same old thing because then everything's going to stay the exact fucking same. Half of the country right now feels as bummed out as you felt when Trump won the first time. Yeah. Imagine how shitty you felt or remember how shitty you I felt. I did. I cried. Yeah. I, I was, cried so much. I was devastated. Fucking yeah. devastated. So those people feel absolutely devastated right now. They need just as much help or support, support yeah. understanding as you fucking did. That whole snowflake safe space. I'm so tired of people saying the snowflake. I hate that term. That all that rhetoric now applies to them because they feel just as devastated as you yeah. did. There are millions of people who are in that boat. You can either continue to shit on them and not fix anything or extend that olive branch and just try to move forward with understanding that things can get better. And those those people need therapy just as much as anybody else. Even people, even if you're in a good space, it's okay to talk to a therapist yeah. and work through things. We all need to work on ourselves. Always. We're never at 100%. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about the election. I didn't really want to. Yeah. This isn't really a space for it. It's not. and It's everyone, applicable to that, that yeah, conversation, yeah. but, yeah. Love... Uh, those people are as susceptible to abusing substance because yeah. they feel so down as anybody else. Yeah. yeah. So and be, even people, be understanding. Yeah. yeah. Be understanding. And hopefully maybe we can come back together as a 
nation. We'll see. But anyway, we should end this so we can pack. All right. Well, I love you. I love you. And I can't wait to move in with you. I, I've been waiting years for you to move in with me. <laughs> 14 years to be exact. We just celebrated 14 years of marriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think about that a lot, too. Like, all the things that we've gone through. Even this last year, like, when I woke up, well, when you reminded me it was our anniversary, I was like, what? And I, like, was, I had things I was doing that day and driving and thinking, what would today have felt like if you succeeded when you oh. tried to kill yourself? And it was just like this heartbreaking feeling and then instant relief because it's like, wow, like that night talking to you on the phone to now how you've grown and how like I almost feel like it's two different people yeah. from that night. It's weird because like I'm I'm in the I'm at the the steering wheel or at the helm for most of this podcast. So like when people and and I was when I was in addiction too. So like when people come on and like when Paul was saying like, I don't know, it's weird when people say nice things now because in this space it all kind of feels the same. Igualmente as they say. So it's weird that like it's it's hard it, it's harder to digest the the compliments mm. which is weird because i get i give compliments out so well, and i think often. you you feel like all the things that you've gone through and things that have happened are downfalls of you and negative aspects of you but those things have formed and made you who you are so it's not negative things and i think you I, <coughs> shit on yourself a lot about like oh oh well no so it's not that now like I don't shit on myself as much as I, I you did, did when you posted our anniversary post yeah so you do and those well, okay, I, okay, okay weight gain that's a whole different whatever. anyways okay. anyways it, what I was trying to say was everything that like any positive that somebody says about me now. That's not how I view it. Uh, like it's to me, I have tools. How are they of use to you now? Oh, yeah. That's like the way that it feels to me. Is is like don't let's we don't need to do that. But you do that to people when they come on. You always compliment the shit out of them. So take yeah. it. I'm gonna compliment you, and then we're gonna be done. Oh. You almost nine months of sobriety and you put in the work when you went to treatment you were getting up at six o'clock in the morning and you did things till freaking eight nine nine thirty and then you go to bed and wake up and do it all over again seven days a week you put more work into that than you do a month at your job you did way more work and you did that not because you were ordered to do it not because I threatened you that I was going to leave you if you didn't do it. You chose to do that to better yourself. So. That's interesting. So I love you. I love I'm you. I'm so proud of where you are. I'm not going to cry in this office before we leave. Okay. All right. And with that, we will pass. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't want to cry. It's there. It's behind my eyeballs. I know. You're trying to get me to cry. No. I know you are. No, no. I, I was just talking about how I don't I don't take compliments like yeah, I used to before. And you I, should. There was like a there was like this. I think I had an ego because I wanted to be better than I actually was at that moment. Yeah. So like I wanted to be perceived as this amazing thing, and now I want to be looked at as like a tool or something that could be utilized for the betterment of people. Okay. Well, you. I, I, okay. Does that make sense? It does. Anyway. Be proud of yourself. See the good in you that everybody else does. People really love the crap out of you. People only like me because they like you so much. Just so you know. Like, and people don't just say my name. They say my name and my last name together because that's a part of you. Mm. And I wouldn't be who I am right now. I have complete, in the last 10 months or nine months, I've completely changed my own thinking towards uh 
chemical dependency in the way I interact with people. And that's because of you. I've gone through trainings. I've gone through school. I've worked in the field. And none of that changed until I saw it in person when I was at the treatment center, seeing all these people around me, living as a family member. That changed the way I interact with my patients and their family members now. So you affected me so I can try and help other people. So you're helping other people through me firsthand in an acute setting. That's interesting you say that because it's something that we've wanted people to, something that we've wanted people to, we've wanted them to think this way for a long time. And like we we used to say it on the podcast all the time is like, um, the world doesn't get better unless we choose to be available and uh, empathetic and, uh, you know, yeah, understanding of people's situations, even if we don't, we can't relate to it. Understanding of, of the way that it makes them feel. Yep. Especially family members when they're taking their loved one to the ER and then they hear from someone, I can't put them into treatment. And these families that feel like this is killing them. Like they're not actively suicidal, but the fact that they're using these substances is killing them. And just hearing that loss of that family member, because I felt that way. Because mm. it's like, if he doesn't go to treatment, what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, I know what I was trying to say. We used to say all the time, uh, all the shit that we'd been through, it was always applicable to like relationships. We would we would say like, we're lucky that we've been through all of this shit so that we can help so we can give this advice to other people. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as impactful as the s- sobriety stuff. Mm-hmm. The shit that we've been through now is like way more, I think, effective than any of the other th- stuff that we thought that we, we yeah. had been through yeah. to help other people. Like yeah. this shit is like really... Because it's not just having people over for dinner and, and saying, oh, your relationship's going to be fine because this is what we went through. Like, this is like real life shit that applies to everybody, everybody, whether you're in a relationship or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. this is the real stuff that, yeah, that we like, I feel like we finally have arrived at that place where, okay, we've been through stuff and educated ourselves along mm-hmm. the way yeah it's not just learned experience yeah. it's actual education yeah. that we can give out and it's not like it's not as subjective there's more objectiveness to the 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 advice that we give mm-hmm. and the things that we we hope people learn yeah all right try to end it for the fourth time i think so <laughs> this is minnesota we got yeah, that long goodbyes. We got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I love you. I love you too. And with and that, that, we, we will, will pass. pass.